Good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Vine Community Church. We're very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and welcome to those who are joining us online today. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week, and everything we know you'll continue to do. We just ask that you come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Remains. 
right, everybody take a second and turn around and say hello to somebody. Go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you. Fill it out and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. The annual chili cook-off is March 3rd after the 11 a.m. service. We will have four categories, beaniest, hottest, most exotic, and good old chili. Make your chili or soup and see if you can win. We need people to stay and eat with us. This is a fundraiser for summer youth camp, so we will take donations for lunch. See you on March 3rd. The New Vine Youth Laundry Soap Sale is going on now through March 3rd. You can pay with cash, check, card, or digital payments. See the check booth for the order form and check out the good deals we have to offer. Thank you. My journey through grief was certainly much more difficult than what I ever imagined. There were times I just could not concentrate on things. There's days I wake up and I don't want to do anything. It's just devastating. The grief that happens after the death of a loved one can leave you feeling confused, lost, and alone without a roadmap. But other people have traveled this grief journey before you. And there is hope and a way forward. GriefShare is a proven video-based support group that connects you with others who are traveling the grief journey you're on right now. GriefShare is a place where you can be as raw and as ugly as you want to be. And it's okay. I joined them online and it was great. It was wonderful. Each weekly Grief Share session consists of an insightful video with grief experts and testimonials, a small group discussion, and encouraging workbook exercises. You'll also receive free online resources and tools that help you move forward in hope and healing. I gained so much more than just understanding of grief, and I think I saw it from a bigger picture, too. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Back from Florida. Good morning, kids. You enjoy Winter Point 2.0? Yeah. Did everybody get their piece of candy? Don't eat it yet. So, and don't get choked. That would be horrible. All right. Um, grief share. We haven't done it in a long, long time, and it's, it's for if you've lost a loved one. If, and if you want to go through it, you need to sign up. It's 20 bucks, and that's for the work, workbook. But I need to know today because I have to order books. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good thing. I'll be leading it because I need to go through it. I had four family members die last year, so I think I need it. So it's, it's a good thing. And the chili cook-off is like just by donation. So if you make chili and you think it's good chili... Bring it, and we'll see. I think the winner, does the winner get a toilet seat? Is that what they get? They, they used to get some weird things. So it's, it's fun. It's for the teenagers, right? So uh, let's say a prayer. Uh, we want to remember people in Kansas City and different places because the world's insane, right? A uh, guy comes to first service, his name's Gary Harrison, and he's having, uh, he, he uh, had a, I mentioned this last week, he had a mild heart attack, and then they did the heart cath thing, but he had a reaction to the medicine, and so he had too many strokes, and so he's, he needs five bypasses, but they sent him home for four weeks. 
which freaks me out, to, to make sure he, he can get regulated. So we need to keep, keep him in prayer too. Okay? Anybody else want to throw a prayer request out? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Anyone else? All right. Let's just say a prayer. So, Lord, just thank you uh, that you love us, that we can come together. God, we lift people up in prayer. This person uh, that has this mass, I pray that you'd heal them. I pray for Gary Harrison that you just take care of him until he can have his bypass surgery. And the people that have lost loved ones, that you just give them your comfort and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we do the offering, uh, we, we used to have prayer teams. We hadn't had them for a while, and so people have gone through training. So if you're on a prayer team, stand up real quick. Steve, different different ones there. Here they over here. Wave your little lanyard around, okay? So at the end of the service, we'll have them in a different place. If you just like prayer. It's not like it won't freak. It's just a simple prayer. They'll be they'll be available just to pray for you. It's not anything weird, you know. They'll just say some prayers for you, because we all need prayer, right? So, all right, let's take up the offering. God bless the offering. Amen. Let's do it. That's like my meal before we eat. Bless the food. Amen. And I had a cup of tea, and I don't know where it's at. It is so hard growing up. I fixed myself a nice cup of tea. I have no idea where it's at. So I'll find it after church. So, All righty. All of you have one of these, so hang on till, till, oh, till it's the time, the time, right? Okay. We finished our series last week. Today we're starting a new one on our five senses, okay? And uh, which is pretty interesting that, that God does cool things for us. Um, so let's just uh, have a word of prayer before we start. Lord, we thank you that we can just come and be with you. Thank you that you actually want to be with us. And so, Lord, just I uh, pray you just uh, calm our hearts. All the junk that's going on, Lord, would just help us to lay it aside for just a little bit. That we can learn your word uh, so that we can learn to live it out. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. God has given us some wonderful gifts, and there are five senses. So over the next week, we're going to talk about the, our five senses, okay, and, and show in the Scripture uh, about them and uh, how important they are. So today, we're going to talk about taste, okay? Now, when I think of taste, I think of my lovely wife, Liz. Now, it's not that she tastes good, but, but uh, well, she does taste good. Uh, can you say that? I'm, I'm on the Internet. <laughs> You guys are all over 18 except Carter. But anyway, well, she tastes good. She, you know, I remember our first date. I, she didn't know it was a date. And I, and I grew up in a church where you weren't allowed to do missionary dating. You know what missionary dating is? Anybody go in a real church? You're not allowed to date non-Christians. So, but I did. I broke the rules. And I took her out on a date. She didn't know if it was a date or not because I took her to church. 
Yeah, so, but, and then we kissed that first night. It was something special. Yeah, oh, I know, oh. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, but when I think of taste, Liz loves food. I love food too. And, that's, and we, you know, we eat a lot of food. So, but, but when I start talking about food, Liz will start talking about places that don't exist anymore. For example, this place, Hasty Tasty. Okay? She will tell me it's the best fried chicken ever and blah, 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 and all that. And then I had people confirm it in the first service. And then one, and, and I think, uh, Sabina, or, um, Scott Pence's mother used to work there, so I told Liz to get his autograph, you know, or whatever. But anyway, uh, there you go. If you love it that much, get his autograph. His mom worked there. So she'll talk about Hasty Tasty Chicken, how it's the best. They would go there after church. I actually grew up in a family we didn't go out to eat. Uh, But anyway, so she'll talk about Hasty Tasty. Oh, and then her mouth waters, and we'll go get chicken, and she goes, it's not Hasty Tasty. But anyway, that's just one place. Another place she talks about is Howard Johnson's Clams. Now, I'd like to go there, too. Look at the price. She says on Friday night you go to Howard Johnson's and you could eat all the clams you wanted or whatever and and, uh, that they are so good. And so she loves clams, too. Okay? And so, and and Liz describes food. Like, she should be one of those people that comes on television to tell you all about it and all that. And I go, okay, whatever. Um, But when we think about taste, memories come up. You know, you you start to remember different things. And, and we're going to deal with smell, too. That happens a lot. Smell or sound, songs, you know, all those things. It reminds us of stuff, uh, specific memories from our past, uh, people, places, events. Liz is so crazy that she will say, well, this is what I wore that day in the third grade. I mean, she remembers, like, everything, which is just nuts. I remember my childhood, my, my school age. I remember going to school. I remember I got a, a, a paddling in the third grade. Yep, I did something evil. I climbed in the trash bin and got a milk carton and I popped it. Wow. You know, I'm going to get expelled for that. But Mrs. Engelbrand was about this tall and about this wide and she could swing a paddle and I got a paddling for that. So that, but Liz will go, well, in third grade I wore this dress and I went, okay, whatever, right? But she remembers everything, but tastes are powerful and uh, we remember them. And, and the Bible, it talks about God's word being spiritual food. That, that, we, that we read it when Jesus was tempted by the devil. You know, he fasted for 40 days, went in the wilderness, and uh, Satan came to him and says, If you are the Son of God, in, in the Greek it, it would read like this, If you are the Son of God, and I know you are. Okay, change, little, change it a little bit, right? Make these stones into bread. Jesus responds with this. As it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of of God. The Bible is compared to spiritual food and, and it's used all, all the way through. Now, I put the one little thing on there because Pat says, why, why is that on there? Uh, Deuteronomy 8 3. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. Okay? He knew the Bible. When did Jesus learn the Bible? Well, he went to Hebrew school. Like every little six year old Jewish boy, sorry girls, you didn't get to go. Your mom had to teach you at home. Uh, but a lot of them did. Um, he went to Hebrew school. So at age six, he went to Hebrew school Monday through Friday, and uh, and he would learn different things. He would go. It was it was called Bet Sefer, and it mean the, meant the house of the book. And so in Hebrew school, you would learn the Torah, and you had a rabbi who was the Torah teacher. And the Torah is the first five books of the Bible: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And and so. They would learn that, and, and so they would go through the whole thing. And uh, the first day, the teacher, they had little slates that they'd write on. The teacher would take honey. He would go to the store and get the jar, just like this one, right? And uh, busy bee. Um, and he would put it all over that slate. And then he would tell the kids to lick it off that slate and then lick it off their fingers. And uh, just like this. It's still done, by the way in Hebrew school for little boys that are going through it. And they would have to lick it off. And then the teacher would say this. May the words of God be sweet to your taste, sweeter than honey to your mouth. Honey was a precious thing back then. It's still a precious thing. I mean, it's 
a powerful substance, okay? We, when we go to Ethiopia, sometimes we'll be driving down the road. You'll see a guy standing with a big hunk of, of honeycomb and stuff like that, and they'll just slam on the brakes and go over, and you have to get some honey. And they'll say, this is like the best thing, you know, in Ethiopia. That's how it was in Jesus' day, too. Honey was, was special. Honey uh, symbolizes God's favor on you. And, and so that he would use that just to teach the kids. And if you're a teacher, that's a really good way. To, to connect things, right? And so I thought that's, that's really neat. Um, he would tell them to lick it off and they'd say that. And he, in essence, he's saying, may God's words be more pleasurable and enjoyable than anything you could ever imagine. That God's word is as sweet as honey. And, uh, and by tasting it and accepting it, uh, you've, you've learned those different things. And, and the rabbi would always start out with Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses in Psalm 119. And if you have like a real Bible, I don't, I don't think you can see this on your phone or on your iPad or whatever. Let me turn my Bible there. If you have a Bible and you go to Psalm 119, okay, you got that in your Bible, Andy? Psalm 119? Are you there? Are there Hebrew letters there too? Oh, what kind of Bible do you have? Okay. Are there, are there words that say, Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalet, Hey? Well, anyway. In, in most Bibles, Psalm 119 has the Hebrew alphabet in. Okay? And it's, you know, Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalet, and you've got to spit to say Hey, like that. Okay? And, and, and this is what they did. They, w- they would take uh, the first letter of that Hebrew alphabet. All the verses started with that letter. And then they would go down like A, all the, all the verses would start with, with an A, and then B, all the verses would start with B, C, all like that. And that's how they memorized it. It was like an acrostic. And so they would learn A's like this, boom, boom, and, and they'd work their way through it. And so most Bibles have the Hebrew alphabet in it too. So that's extra. Had nothing to do with my sermon, but anyway. Okay? And they would read the scripture. So what I want you to do now is just take your candy and open it up. Don't eat it yet. This is like real honey candy, by the way. I had to order it. Because when you get to the middle, there's honey in the middle. So this is the deal. When you get there, I don't want anybody shouting or jumping up and going, hey, there's honey in the middle. Like that. Okay? So just open it up. And I tried to do this in the first service, and I couldn't do it. Did you guys get honey? You don't have any? Oh, man, do you have some, David? I'm getting them one. Got to have honey. It won't, it won't work. You get some, too? You I only got enough for... You guys don't have any either? Did you guys come in on the bus? There you go. Somebody bring these people some honey. Yeah. There's... We take care of special needs people in our church. Right? Good deal. That's probably horrible to say that. You guys good? Did you get some? Okay. You want some? You don't have any either? Go get them some honey. Just, just kill them. I, I can't stop my whole sermon. You guys came in the wrong door, didn't you? There you go. Yeah, that happens. I put stuff up there for you, but... All right. So get your honey as soon as this rose got, has theirs will start. There we go. Thank you, man. Let's pass it down. Did you guys get some? Beautiful. You got two? Well, where's our, where's our safety team, security team? This guy up here got two of them. We got a, well, he just got back from Las Vegas, so he's a little messed up, so. Are we good? Hey, we're passing it out everywhere. It's like a second offering. Last week I gave you candy at the end. You got a little hug, so. Next week marks up, so you're not going to get anything. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 They just start again. Yeah. All right. We good? You got your honey out. Okay. Now we can do this thing. We're going to read. The, remember, anybody go to like a real church growing up? Where you like read things, responsive readings and things like that. Anybody do that? Yeah, I hated that. But anyway, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So we're going to read this scripture together. And then on the one verse, I'll tell you when to stick that honey in your mouth. All right? 
I tried in the first service and I could not talk and do it at the same time. So let's read this verse together. If I can find it in my Bible. Oh, here we go. Ready? Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. Now, stick this in your mouth. We're going to read with our mouthful. I'm not, but you are. I just want to go and it's stuck up here on the thing. All right, this is when, this is when the, the point. Here we go. Ready? How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Cool? So when they would do that, uh, that's when the, the teacher would say that, uh, to see that, that honey is sweeter and, and that God's word is, is like honey. And he wanted them to experience it. So their whole life, they would remember that day, wow, when we started to read God's word, it was sweet. Sweet to the taste. Okay? So how can we learn that? A couple things. Three things, actually. First thing is, is we need to learn the scripture. Okay? Uh, how can we learn God's Word? One of the best ways to learn things is by immersion. You just have to jump in there and then you can learn. Languages are that way. Uh, music, different, all different kinds of things. And that's the best way to learn the Scripture is just to be immersed in it. You just got to dive in and go for it. Don't dive in Leviticus. Don't, don't start there. But dive in someplace else, right? Um, Paul, writing to Timothy, said this. He said, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we really want to learn something, then we need to study it. Now, sometimes when we think of studying, we think you've got to sit down and do this or that. That's a part of it. But I always tell you the story about my grandpa and how uh, he would read the Bible every morning, then he'd go out and build a house. Then he'd come home for lunch, and this is what we called him Paul. Paul would say this, I've been studying what old Paul said in, in Corinthians. And he had been meditating on it, thinking about it. He read it, and he just went over and over and over his head. And he was immersing himself in, in the Scripture. And so, I'm going to give you some uh, hints on how to study the Bible. Okay? So, uh, some questions that you can ask. First question when, you, when you're reading, if you're going to journal it, who's speaking? Okay, who, who's, who's saying this? For example, I just read to you 2 Timothy 2.15. I think it was 2 Timothy. And it was Paul. Paul was the writer, the Apostle Paul. So you, you think about who's, who's writing that, okay? A quick way, if you have a phone, is to take a picture of these things so you don't have to write them all down. Second thing, to whom are they speaking? Paul wrote that letter to Timothy. Timothy was his understudy, so he wanted him to, to learn to grow. And so he's writing these things for him so he can grow, okay? The third thing, um, about what, what's he talking about? He wrote to Timothy to help him. He was, Timothy was a young pastor, so he wanted to help him how, how to run the church, and so he did that. And then I added a, a um, is how can I apply this to my life? Okay, and so anyway, that's one way. So I'll just leave that up for a second, and I'll get a drink. And there's a cup of tea someplace in this building. That's just a part of growing up. Okay. There's another thing. There are four questions that we use sometimes to study the Bible, questions that we can ask. And, and this is the first question. Uh, who is God? What does this passage say or story tell us about God and his character? So you're reading the Old Testament. You want to know, okay, what's this say about God that I can learn about God? Okay. Second thing, what has he done? In this story, how does this story point to Jesus? Okay. Um, where's that little book at, Clarissa? Is it Clarissa? Are you Clarissa? I'm saying the right one. Kyla, you're one of them. I called her her sister's name. She's probably been called that before. Here's a little kid's book. It's called the, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Okay? And it starts in the Old Testament, and it goes, and, and it points, points you all the way through the Old Testament to Jesus. Okay? Now, do that on purpose because... Uh, Sometimes people have trouble with the Old Testament, and they don't want to read it because they want to read the New Testament. But the New Testament, that passage that, that Jesus quoted was from Deuteronomy, is the Old Testament. 
And so, so there's things that you can learn. Uh, if you remember after the resurrection, Jesus, uh, these two guys are on the road to Emmaus. They're walking along and Jesus comes up and walks with them. And, and he asked them what's going on. They said, are you the only guy in the world that didn't know what's going on? And they tell them Jesus died. And it says that Jesus started with the, with Moses. Moses was the, the, the Torah. And, and, uh, and went all the way through the Old Testament and showing them why the Messiah must be crucified and die and, and raised from the dead. Okay? So, so anyway, that's why we ask that question. How does this story, what, what does this story tell us about Jesus? How does it, how does it point to the New Testament? Okay? And there's lots of signs. Uh, and I'm not saying like prophetic kinds of things. Number three, who are we? What does this story tell us about us, about people? Okay? And, and how can I learn from that? Um, then the next one is, is how do I get to live? In light of this, how am I going to live my life based upon these things that I learned? I know I went really fast. I'm sorry. Um, okay? In light of this story, how am I going to get to live? Now, let me tell you something about the Bible. The Bible is interesting. There's some good things in it. There's some crazy. Ever read the Bible? I'm walking back here. It's probably driving the camera. Can't follow me. Hand that to her. Um, the Bible's got some hard things in it. And uh, one of the things that, that I learned from the Bible is, if you're reading the Old Testament, there's some things you need to do. There's some things you don't need to do. The Israelites were nuts most of the time. And, and so um, you can, we, we teach this when I start teaching people how to do soap. You can only learn so much by making your own mistakes. You know what I'm saying? You don't have enough time. Your life isn't going to be that long. So we can learn from other people's mistakes. And so if you're reading the Old Testament, you can learn how you should be. You can also learn how not to be. Because you say, oh, the Israelites did this. They were crazy. Don't do that. So, so in light of that, I'm not going to live that way. Does that make any sense? There's certain things that I do in my life, don't do in my life, because I saw other people doing it. I thought, I'm not going to do that. I remember when I was a teenager and my dad died and, and, I, and, and my friends were doing different kinds of things. And I thought, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to hurt my mom. You know, I'm going to be home at 12 o'clock if I have to go 100 miles an hour. Okay? And, I, and I'm not going to say whether I did or didn't, but I made it home. Okay? And I lived. But I didn't want to hurt my mom. But I see other people do stuff. I'm, not, I'm going to learn from their mistakes. Well, a lot of times you can read the Bible, you can learn from the mistakes that people made all through the Old Testament and, and uh, learn to live that way. And so that's, those are some good, good ways to learn the Scripture. Ask questions when you're reading it. Okay, got that? Class, you got that? There we go. All right, some books you can get. I still like books. Okay? Henrietta Mears, What's the Bible All About? It's about that thick, and it gives you an introduction to all the different books of the Bible and kind of gives you a, a little information there. Uh, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon Fee and, and Douglas Stewart. That's a good one, too. Tells you, teach you how to read the Bible. Uh, wh- how to Read the Bible book by book. Another one by the same author. That's a good one, too. But we live in the modern age, and so we have these things, right? And we have computers and stuff. And so, so there's a thing called the Bible Project. Sometimes we use it in church when we want to start a new book to illustrate it. And so you go to the Bible Project, and you say... Give me the book of Mark and tell me what the book of Mark is so I can get an introduction to it. So watch this. I can't show you the whole thing because it's long. The Gospel according to Mark is one of the first accounts of the life of Jesus. And our earliest historical traditions link this book to a Christian scribe named Mark or John Mark. He was a co-worker with Paul and a close partner with Peter. And in fact, an ancient church historian named Papias He recalls that Mark had collected all of the eyewitness accounts and memories of Peter and then shaped them into this account. But Mark didn't just randomly throw the pieces together. He's carefully designed the story of Jesus. In the first line of the book, Mark makes this claim about Jesus. It's the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, what's interesting is that this is the only time Mark is going to tell you what he thinks. For the rest of the book... So you can go to the Bible Project and get that on about any book in the Bible. Uh, You can also get it as an app on your phone. You know, so if you're studying the Bible and you want to do that, uh, you can do that. Okay? So um, there's lots of stuff available. So if you really want to study the Bible, you, you need to, to check those things out. Okay? Um, second thing, I think, if I'm there already, um, there's, there's songs that we use. Uh, we, we need to memorize Scripture. And uh, Psalm 119 says this, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have uh, preserved my life. 
And you might be saying, I can't memorize stuff. How many of you remember your phone number for when you was a kid? I'm so old that Franklin was S- Shady Side 6. It was SH6. Okay? So people just went, wow. Like, I'm not that old. But anyway, uh, wow, man. How was it on the ark, you know, when you guys got off? But anyway, right? So it was, my number was 747. There was no 937 then. I don't even know if there was a 513 then. But, but it was 746-9336. So we, we remember things. Or we remember music. Okay, there's things that just click. When Liz's mother was alive, and I took her, and she had dementia, and I took her to get her flu shot, and we're driving away, and I had the soundtrack from uh, Old Brother. All the old bluegrass songs on there, Keep on the Sunny Side, and, and we're driving along, and all of a sudden I'm playing them. Mom starts singing them. And I said, Mom, you can't remember yesterday. How do you, how do, you do this? Okay, but it just was something there. That music does something to you. Like when I learn a language, I, like I walk and pray every day and sometimes I'll flip on, on my thing, uh, Spanish, English Spanish songs. Like, vamos a ver los animales, let's go see the animals. And it goes back and forth, English Spanish. So you remember that way. And you remember scripture that way too. You can learn. During the offering, you may not notice, but I tell you this all the time. Um, we, we play things too. I'm not there yet. But anyway, for example, here's a record. Okay? There's a young group that came from England. The four lads, they were the Beatles, right? Remember the Beatles? Yeah. Um, all you need is love. If you're driving from church from Franklin, what does the church sign say? Does anybody notice? No, it says love, love, love. Doom, 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 love, love. That's for Valentine's Day, okay? But all of a sudden, you, you, you hear different things. Like Liz is like... She knows everything. Like, for example, she'll sing different songs. And, and as a kid, she had a, a, a stereo thing in her bedroom. And so she knows all these songs. She loved Barbara Streisand. She knows all her songs, show tunes, all this stuff like that. Because we'll be something, some will come on, and I've got Shazam on my phone. And, and it'll be playing, and I'll hit it, and she can beat Shazam. But anyway, music does something to us. And so during the offering, and we do this in kids' ministry too, Okay. Things will play. Here's Philippians 1 6. And it's word for word. Philippians 1 6. Being confident of this, that you begin with the work. That's good. They, they play those upstairs. There's usually some girl standing there like this that, that helps them and stuff like that. She's a trip. <clears throat> but they do it in kids' ministry. So they're learning, learning the scripture. So you can get these things and, and play them along in your car, and all of a sudden you'll be, wow, how did I learn that? And you just learn it because you, you listen to it over and over again. That's how you remember those other songs. That's how you know the Beatles songs or uh, whoever you listened to back then or whenever you play them over and over, and they just become a part of you, right? And so... We need to learn uh, to memorize Scripture. And uh, that one passage, I actually learned this in Bible school, and we'd say a pledge to the Bible. Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might, might not sin against thee. And so we need to, to learn it. Second thing, we need to love it. Okay? Uh, the most valuable possessions in my life, you know, I'm not talking about relationships. Uh, here's the most valuable possession that I own right here. It's called the Bible. And um, plug us in real quick. Forgot to. Here's my second most valuable possession is my guitar. Because when I was a teenager, I was a Jesus freak. And I would hitchhike around the country singing at different places and tell them about Jesus. So my most prized possessions is my Bible and, and, and my guitar. And, uh, and it's important to me. My Bible's important to me. Um, and I, I put this in my notes. Let me just read it to you because I can't say it very well. But I wrote this down. The Bible has been my constant companion and my guide my whole life. It's been my comforter and close friend. It's been my compass. From it, I learned about Jesus. From it, I learned about how to live. From it, I learned what real life is all about. That's my Bible. When you, when you love someone or something, you, you desire it. You, 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 need, you need it in your life. Okay, um, Peter said this uh, in, in, in his book, 
As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if, be, if so be you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Notice it says you've tasted the Lord is gracious. And, he, and he's saying, as a baby needs milk, as they are hungry to desire that, we need to have that desire for this. Why? So we can grow. And, and we can do what God's called us to do. And so we, we need to learn uh, to love this book. And... Uh, Psalm 119 again, for I delight in your commands because I love them. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. So every day I read this book devotionally. I read it this morning and did my journal. I do it every day just as it starts out as a habit, but it's just second nature to do that. I really get messed up when I go to Ethiopia because the times one day I did two devotions in the same day because I didn't know what time it was or what day it was. But anyway. We need to do, and we, we teach a little thing called SOAP, and you guys have seen that, we've talked about it forever, that we read it devotionally, and SOAP just stands for this, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. You read the Bible, what verse speaks to you, write that in your journal, you make an observation, this is about this, you make an application, how can I live this way, and then, then, then a prayer is, God help me, help me to do that. And I gave you an example of it last week, uh, uh, when I talked about, uh, going to tell this guy about Jesus, right? And so, um, it's, it's just an important thing uh, in our life. I love the Bible, you know, because God speaks to me through it. It's not magic, okay? But I read it and read it. And, and it's important that you read different parts because you need different stuff. And, because, and also, too, because you don't know what's coming up. And so the Bible's got me through all kinds of things. For example, when I go through hardship, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Doesn't mean God causes those things, but it means God can use those things to, for your good. Make sense? In uh, 2003, I think, uh, well, Mark joined the Marines. And then he was called up, and then they invaded Iraq. He was in the bunch that went in. As Marine, because Marines are usually the first in, and they're nuts. Okay? Uh, so he went there. And so he was there for a while, and there was no communication then. Nobody could call you on the cell phone. You didn't know what was going on and all that. And we didn't know if he was alive or dead. We went on vacation right after that happened. So we are in Florida. We are in Navarre Beach, Florida. And there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful beach and there's a pool and all that. And Liz and I are sitting in the, in the condo watching the news. Just seeing what's going on. Not knowing what's happening to Mark. Praying for him. I prayed like crazy through, through that whole thing. And then one day, this happens. This thing comes in the mail. And it's a letter from Mark. And uh, it, it was awesome. And, and I remember you know, we, Liz and I couldn't wait to open it up and... And he writes worse than me, but we could read it. Uh, Mom, Dad, and boys. I'll start crying again. I almost cried in the first service when I did this. But uh, we, just wanted to, we just wanted to hear he was okay. We just wanted to read his words because his words were precious to us because we didn't know anything. And so, so we just couldn't wait to get a letter. We didn't get one that often because, you know, he's in the middle of Iraq doing, doing his thing. And so, um, um, but it was awesome because his, his words were precious, okay? Every day... I read this book because God's words are precious. And, and I can't wait to, to read and hear what he's got to say and, and what I need to do. And it's, it's just an important part of my life. And so we need to learn to learn it and we need to learn to love it. And then the last thing is we need to learn to live it. Okay, because it's not enough just to have it in here. I know lots of people have gone to church their whole life and they know the Bible inside out, but they wouldn't walk across the street to help their neighbor. You know, and, and uh, or serve people. And, and so it's important that, that we do it. We, we believe like head, heart, and hands. We, we read it, take it in, and then we do it. We, we have to do it. That's why we do all the things we do, because we believe you're supposed to do that. Okay, love God, love your neighbor. It's not rocket science, and, and we need to do that. Uh, Jesus, when he did the Sermon on the Mount, he ended it with these words. He says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Psalm 103 again. How sweet are your words to my taste, greater than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. 
we need to learn it and we need to, to love it. We need to learn to live it. Jesus had a brother. He had brothers and sisters, by the way. And one of his brothers is named James. And James wrote a book in the New Testament. And this is what James said. James says that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only or deceiving ourselves. Just knowing is not enough. If we just know it, whatever. The Pharisees knew it. The people that Jesus had to deal with, the religious people, they knew the Bible backwards and forwards. Because they had to memorize it as kids too. Five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. By age 10 in, in that Beth Sefer, the Hebrew boys could quote the first five books of the Bible. Imagine that. But they didn't do it. They didn't live it out. Jesus came along and, and, uh, and, and challenged them over and over again. Um, we need to learn to read this book because it points us to Jesus. Okay? Um, Billy Graham, probably the most famous evangelist that's ever lived. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, preached to probably more people than anyone else in the world. Uh, but, but early in his ministry, he was in Youth for Christ, and he had a friend named Chuck, and they, they were going through things together, and, and uh, Chuck started questioning things, all, and Chuck kind of dropped out of the thing, and Billy Graham kept going, but, but he, he came to a crisis of belief, a crisis of faith. And he went to this retreat center uh, by Henrietta Mears, the lady that wrote that one book. She was a Presbyterian Sunday school teacher, and she taught hundreds of people, like she taught uh, Billy Graham, Bill Bright, uh, Campus Crusade, all these different ones went through her classes. He went to a retreat center, and he was having a struggle with the Bible. And he walked out in the woods of that retreat center, and he laid his Bible on a stump because he didn't know what, what to do. His other friend had questioned everything and kind of turned away from the faith, and Billy Graham was at a crossroads in his life. And, and he, wrote, he said this. His grandson recorded this. This was Billy Graham's prayer as he laid his Bible on that stump. Oh, God, there are many things in this book I do not understand. There are many problems with it for which I have no solution. There are many seeming contradictions. There are some areas in it that do not seem to correlate with modern science. I can't answer some of the philosophical and psychological questions Chuck and others are raising. And then his grand, you know, he said his grandfather fell on his knees, and this is what he said. Father, I'm going to accept this as thy word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. And then history kind of tells us he got up from that and was totally changed and then Boom, his ministry exploded as he preached the gospel. The Bible's got all kinds of things in it, and we just have to come to that place that, that we uh, accept it. And, you know, are there things that I don't know about the Bible? All kinds of things. I've studied the Bible forever. You know, I've, I, I took two years of Hebrew and three years of Greek, you know, and all those kinds of things. And there's so many things that I, that I discover every day in my devotion that God will speak to me. A bunch of years ago on a youth retreat, I was teaching the kids the Bible. And uh, the only song we had was Thy Word uh, from Amy Grant, which is an awesome song. We sang it during worship. And uh, we were at Caesars Creek. Remember going to Caesars Creek? Um, I thought, we need, a new, we need a song to go with the Scripture. And so I sat on the picnic table and I thought, we've got to have another song about the Bible. And, and, and this song's really about... Uh, what the Bible means to me. So if you know it, you can sing along. Here we go. And then I only had one verse until yesterday. I needed another verse. <laughs> so the rest of the song had these two verses. In your word I found the way, found the way back to your home. In your word I found my life, found the place where I belong. In your word I found myself at the foot of the cross. In your word I found the truth, in your word I found my God. And I thank you as an echo, and I thank you. And I praise you, and I praise you, and I love you, and I love you for your word. In your word I learn to live, live, 
That's mess it up. In your word I learn to live, live like Jesus in the way. In your word I learn to love, love the ones that have no say. In your word I gave myself for the broken and the lost. In your word I gave my life in the shadow of the cross. And I thank you, and I thank you, and I praise you, and I praise you, and I love you, and I love you for your word. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. If we believe in Him, you'll not die, but we'll live on. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. If you believe in Him, you'll not die, but we'll live on. And on, and on, and on, and on. There you go. Second verse made it better for me. So anyway, that's the deal. A bunch of years ago, uh, Liz's sister, Margie and Kay, and I got in a fight, a verbal fight. She started attacking the Bible. And Margie and Kay could be a good arguer. That's when I started dating Liz, I thought the whole family was nuts. Uh, I went to the house and everybody's talking really loud. I thought they were fighting. And I says, Liz, why is your family fighting? She goes, oh, they're not fighting. They're discussing. And they would discuss everything. They had encyclopedias, which was the Bible. And they would have an argument about, you know, whatever. And then granddad would go and get the encyclopedias from the, the Seattle World's Fair, by the way. And opened up and said, this is what it says. And so I thought, these people are nuts. And uh, so I took Liz out on the porch and said, honey, why, what's the deal? Why are they all fighting? She said, oh, they're not fighting. They're just discussing. I went, that'd be a fight in my house. Okay? My, my mom and dad got that lad. I'd be in trouble. Margie Kay, one day we got into it, and she's trashing the Bible. And I'm trying to defend the Bible. And I actually went, I started crying. It hurt my feelings so bad. That, that she just was trashing the Bible. It broke my heart. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I love the Bible. You know, um, it's been my companion my whole life, as I said, and it, and it helped me grow in my relationship. And so we got to learn it. We got to, to, uh, love it and we need to live it. There is a, a theologian who's dead now. His name is Carl Bart. And he was a, there he is. A, he was a Neo Orthodox theologian, famous Bible teacher, New Testament scholar. For years and years and years, he taught the Bible. He's speaking at uh, uh, the, the Rockefeller Chapel at the University of Chicago. And then they have a Q&A time. They're asking questions. And so they ask him, they said, uh, Dr. Bart, can you tell us what is the most important thing that you've ever learned or ever taught as a theologian? Of all your years of teaching, your, your knowledge of Greek and Hebrew and theology, what is the greatest thing? This is what he said. I learned this on my mother's knee. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Let's just bow our heads for a second. You know, two questions we always ask. What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Well, I learned about Jesus in the Bible. And I learned that I needed to come to that place that I... had to become a follower of him that I decided I want Jesus in my life and so I invited him to come in my life I got baptized and I started trying to live out this Christian faith and so that's why Jesus came Um, once Jesus and the Pharisees get an argument and and he says you think in those things they, they give you life but Jesus says they point to me the Bible points to Jesus and that's what it's all about it's the Jesus book and so maybe you need to do that So let's just be quiet for a second and listen to this song.
Amen. I preached as long as Mark did. I'm sorry about that. Families, take it out. There's like a, there's combination locks on these things now. I couldn't even get mine open, so now Sabina opens it for me in the first service. You think you have to, you can open from both sides. One side you pull and you get the bread, the other side you pull and you get the juice. So I'll give you a second to do that. Last week I had to get my Swiss Army knife out because I couldn't do it. So I don't know if they're just trying to test us. <laughs> you know, whatever. How are we doing? Horrible? I'm sorry. Are we good yet? Somewhat? One second. Time's up. I always say it when people tell me one second. At the the restaurant, I go, just one second. We're done. We're good. What do you think? All right. While you're working on that, we're going to do something a little different, too. We've been studying about uh, the church and about Jesus and stuff. And so one of the things that Jesus said is that we're to pray for our enemies, that we're to love our enemies and pray for those who who mess over us and whatever like that. So we we thought about it would be good for us to pray for our enemies. Okay, because when when you pray for someone... Uh, it changes your heart. You know my classic story. My older brother did some things that hurt me, and for years and years, years I had a righteous prayer. God get Gary and da 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 like that. And then God showed me I was a problem that I needed. I needed to to change my heart. So I changed my prayer. God bless him. And then God changed me. Okay. And he he didn't even know he hurt me. Um, but we're supposed to pray for enemies. So this is what I want you to do. This might be hard for you. Think of a person that you don't like. Or that you hate. Now, hopefully no one has anyone here that they hate. Okay? So we're just going to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. Pray for that person that, that drives you crazy, that person you don't like. Uh, nationally, I'm going to pray for some national things, too. Okay, we have enemies all around the world. And, you know, I, run, I was listening to, I listened to NPR. And the guy said, I forget how many thousands of, of uh, missiles that Russia has aimed at us. Hot dog. So I don't know how many thousand we got aimed at them, but, you know, just different things. So just just bow your head, and I want you to pray for your enemies or pray for people you don't like or that drive you crazy. And then I'll pray too. So just take a second to do that. Lord, I just pray for China today. I know they're supposed to be our enemy, but I know there's bunches of Christians, millions of Christians that meet in secretly in underground churches. So, God, I pray for China that you would just be with them, Lord. And Russia, the same thing. God, we know it's nuts there. And, and uh, uh, even with this uh, opposition leader that just was died in prison, Lord, because he disagreed with Putin. God, I pray for Russia that you that you would just... Uh, you know, bring your goodness there. And, and there's other, other things going on around the world. I pray for Hamas, Hezbollah. Uh, I pray for Gaza. I pray for Israel. You know, lots of nutty things, Lord. God, you're the only solution to any of these things. And so, God, I pray that you just let your blessings come there. In Jesus' name. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together, okay? Is that hard to do? Pray for people you don't like? Uh, it'll get easier because God will change our hearts. Let's say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. He says, this cup is a new covenant, new relationship in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. 
we remember what Jesus did, we're reminded of what we're supposed to do. Amen. So, study the Bible. Okay? So I'll stand. Grab somebody's hand beside you. Happy birthday, Jason. Jason's 27 years old, it says on his Facebook page. How old are you, Jason? 17. His Facebook page says 27, I think. So, but anyway, you don't look a day over 16. All right. Do a spiritual exercise, right? I exercise with weights three days a week. I walk here every day. Do this spiritual exercise. Take this, this. Do so many reps. It'll change your life, okay? Let's just close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us, God, to hide it in our hearts that we won't sin against you. Help us, God, to learn to do it, to do the things that Jesus did. So as we go, Lord, help us to lift people up, to encourage people, to share the good news with them, to share if they have needs that we just be a blessing to them. Thank you, Lord, that you've blessed us with a library that we call the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, the prayer team people will be scattered around. If you need prayer, hang out with them.